Welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast, presented by BYU Speeches, featuring BYU devotionals and forums specially curated to accompany your weekly Come Follow Me studies. Be sure to check out our other podcasts by searching BYU Speeches wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting speeches.byu.edu slash podcasts. This devotional address, entitled Brotherly Love, was given on November 28th of 2006 by Thomas A. Holmo, then the athletic director at Brigham Young University. My dear brothers and sisters, do we really mean what we're saying when we address each other as brothers and sister? This is a rather peculiar title for many people not familiar with our Mormon culture. Names such as Brother Jim or Sister Smith are used fondly and respectfully when addressing each other to express our kinship in the family of God. Why do we use this affectionate title? Quoting from the missionary guide, Preach My Gospel, God is the Father of our spirits. We are literally His children, and He loves us. We lived as spirit children of our Father in heaven before we were born on this earth. We were not, however, like our Heavenly Father, nor could we ever become like Him and enjoy all the blessings that He enjoys without the experience of living in mortality with a physical body. God's whole purpose, His work and His glory, is to enable each of us to enjoy all of His blessings. He has provided a perfect plan to accomplish His purpose. We understood and accepted this plan before we came to the earth." When I was a small boy growing up, my older brother was bigger than life to me. He was nine years older than me and the best player on every team he played on. He always looked out for his little brother and spent many hours teaching me the skills of various sports. Since we shared a bedroom, much to his chagrin, I oftentimes would hear him awake late at night and slip out to the backyard to lift weights to get stronger. I spent many nights peering out the window at this example of extra effort and dreamed that one day I could be like him. He truly was and still remains a great brother. He continues to influence my life for good as my big brother. Elder Henry B. Eyring teaches us, quote, your responsibility is to touch people so they will make the right choices that will take them towards eternal life, and eternal life is the greatest gift of God. Perhaps one of the more thought-provoking questions asked in the scriptures is the one asked by Cain when questioned by the Lord on the whereabouts of his brother Abel. Am I my brother's keeper? Cain had slain his younger brother because God had accepted Abel's offering and rejected his. Cain's words have come to symbolize man's unwillingness to accept responsibility for the welfare of his brother on the earth. In our present-day situations, we would all do well as children of our Heavenly Father to contemplate our answer to that same question, am I my brother's keeper? To be able to answer in the affirmative, yes, I am my brother's keeper, we must be obedient to the command given us by Jesus when he said, and I quote, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Just how do we determine who our brothers and sisters are? 
The Apostle Paul stated on Mars Hill that God hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. All mankind have, come, have chosen to come to this earth in obedience to the plan of salvation and are indeed the sons and daughters of God, and thus brothers and sisters in His heavenly family. Modern revelation further describes the familial relationship that we are granted through the atonement of our Savior. We learn from King Benjamin of our place in the family of Christ, quote, and now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day he has spiritually begotten you. For he say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore, ye are born of him and have become his sons and his daughters. We catch a further glimpse of who Jesus considers his brothers and sisters from this exchange found in Matthew. While he had yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak to him. Then one said to him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. The hopeful result of this knowledge of our heavenly family is described by Paul in his letter to the Romans. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Furthermore, we are instructed in Timothy to rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brothers, the elder women as mothers, the younger sisters, all with purity. Brothers and sisters, love one another, serve each other. I would think that most of you here today have followed and accept the premise of brotherhood and sisterhood as taught from the scriptures. The issue is not so much that you don't accept a stranger as a brother or sister, as much as it is you simply have not con conditioned yourself to serve them. Serving those who we love and who love us, those who think like us or look like us or speak like us or even worship like us is good. However, we must learn to reach out to those we don't know, to the discarded, the sick, those less fortunate, the inflicted, the lonely, and those we don't necessarily understand. The story of the dramatic rescue of the members of the Martin and Willie Handcart companies, a group of our early pioneer saints trapped, frozen on the plains, is one that inspires me today to listen for the call to action and go. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland reminds us that being our brother's keeper is a theme we need oft remember. Quoting from Elder Holland's most recent General Conference address, he states, As surely as the rescue of those in need was the General Conference theme of October 1856, so too is it the theme of this conference and the last conference and the one to come next spring. They can only be rescued by those who have more and know more and can help more. 
And don't worry asking, where are they? They are everywhere, on our right and on our left, in our neighborhoods and in the marketplace, in every community and nation of this world. Take your team of wagons, load it up with your love, your testimony, a spiritual sack of flour, then drive in any direction. The Lord will lead you to those in need if you will but embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. President Thomas S. Monson, speaking on our call to service, stated, this is the service that counts, the service to which all of us have been called, the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Along your pathway of life, you will observe that you are not the only traveler. There are others who need your help. There are feet to steady, hands to grasp, minds to encourage, hearts to inspire, and souls to save." Unquote. The Prophet Joseph Smith, oft referred to by people of his day as Brother Joseph, was the epitome of selflessness and reached out to strangers in many ways to assist them and bless their lives. We need not look far to find excellent examples of brotherly and sisterly love. The Lord's chosen servants of today emulate their predecessors and shine a light on all that is good and devote their life to serving others. A story is told of a man having a conversation with the Lord one day when he said, Lord, I would like to know what heaven and hell are like. The Lord led the man to two doors. He opened one of the doors and the man looked in. In the middle of the room was a large round table. In the middle of the table was a large pot of stew which smelled delicious and made the man's mouth water. The people sitting around the table were thin and sickly. They appeared to be famished. They were holding spoons with very long handles that were strapped to their arms and each found it possible to reach into the pot of stew and take a spoonful. But because the handle was longer than their arms, they could not get the spoons back into their mouths. The man shuddered at the sight of their misery and suffering. The Lord said, you have seen hell. They went to the next room and opened the door. It was exactly the same as the first one. There was the large round table with the large pot of stew, which made the man's mouth water. The people were equipped with the same long-handled spoons strapped to their arms, but the people there were well-nourished and plump, laughing and talking. The man said, I don't understand. It is simple, said the Lord. It requires but one skill. You see, they have learned to feed each other while the greedy think only of themselves. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wondered why man does not treat each other like brothers and sisters. Quoting Dr. King, when we look at modern man, we have to face the fact that modern man suffers from a kind of poverty of the spirit, which stands in glaring contrast to the scientific and technological abundance. We've learned to fly the air like birds. We've learned to swim the seas like fish. And yet, we haven't learned to walk the earth as brothers and sisters. I believe Dr. King would be pleased with the response from people all over the world to our brothers and sisters in Indonesia who were suffering from the devastation of last year's tsunami. Millions of people came to the aids of brothers and sisters they didn't even know but acted on the impression to love our neighbors as ourselves. 
Brothers and sisters, the business of making a living, raising a family, receiving an education, and any other worthy endeavor we are involved in truly tests how we would answer the question, am I my brother's keeper? God works miracles in the lives of his children through the Christ-like service rendered by their brothers and sisters. A warm smile, a friendly greeting, a door held open, any good deed, however simple it may be, can turn a bad day into a good one. I enjoy singing the words of a favorite church hymn. Have I done any good in the world today? Have I helped anyone in need? Have I cheered up the sad and made someone feel glad? If not, I have failed indeed. It will be a long time before I forget the special kindness expressed by my friend Verl Rasband, an older gentleman who attended my ward. Verl served well in many capacities throughout his life and still finds the time and makes the effort today to continue to make a difference in the lives of others. Verl learns the first names of many of the children in our ward and goes out of his way to greet and talk with them regularly. At first, the children are surprised that an older man would even know their name, but this, but his warm greeting makes them feel good. As a result of his kind heart and sweet spirit, all my children respect, admire, and love Brother Rasband. From his fine example, my children now go out of their way to greet Verl before he can find them. His love is truly contagious. It's unlikely that any of us will be honored for our service, but recognition is not the reward. Our reward is blessing lives. Loving one another is not merely a suggestion or a good recommendation. It is a commandment. When we are obedient to this command, our lives and the lives of our brothers and sisters are richly blessed. As we express our love through actions, on behalf of our brothers and sisters, we set a good example to others of Christ-like service. BYU is a big place with many people moving in all directions. It sometimes may seem difficult task to make a difference in the life of one of your fellow students, faculty, or staff members. I enjoy looking for examples of good works here on campus and see acts of brotherly kindness often. Two years ago, when I was appointed the director of athletics, I was touched by the many helping hands that were extended to my associates and me by brothers and sisters across campus. Words of encouragement, free time spent assisting us with our plans, extra effort afforded us to lighten our load and ensure us of a good start. As a result of their service to us, I now feel a strong camaraderie and a greater desire to do more to further build up our campus. One group of BYU students who I admire affectionately refers to each other as the Band of Brothers. The team's motto was inspired from the lines of Shakespeare's play, Henry V, quote, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother, unquote. This year's members of the BYU football team have bonded to the cause of restoring tradition, being honorable, 
and living by the Spirit. Skeptics were cynical concerning the rare approach of this team and their leader. How could there be enough time to prepare for a game day when weekly firesides are held on the eve of each game? Rough and tumble football players will get soft focusing on things of the Spirit instead of visualizing on-field violence. This band of brothers strives towards holding each other accountable for the good of the whole. Selfish motives are shelved in place of team objectives, the duty to represent not only each other, but BYU and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is not just a part-time thing. When one falters, all are affected. When one succeeds, all will benefit. Coach Bronco Mendenhall and the team's leadership council have instituted what they call the Big Brother Program. Each younger player on the team is paired up with one of the upperclassmen. Each week, the Big Brother conducts an interview with his younger brother. They address such topics as academics, football, family, girlfriends, spirituality, and any other issue the two cares to discuss. Then, the Big Brother writes a letter to Coach Mendenhall, sharing any thoughts, experiences, or concerns the two might have concerning each other, their team, or their teammates. The letters are confidential, some even sacred to Bronco. Privately then, Coach Mendenhall is able to assist his boys on their communication. What has developed within this year's team goes way beyond what is witnessed on the field of play. Watch and listen as the Band of Brothers perform a team hymn at a recent pregame fireside in Fort Collins, Colorado, the night before the Cougars played the Colorado State Rams. You've been listening to the Come Follow Me podcast, presented by BYU Speeches. Please check out our other podcasts of recent speeches, classic speeches, and BYU Speeches compilations on love and marriage, overcoming adversity, by study and by faith, the prophet Joseph Smith, and Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer. Go to speeches.byu.edu and click on podcasts for more information. You can also find all BYU Speeches podcasts at your preferred podcast provider.